And I want you to look at Mark 15, 20, and 21. If you're not done, help yourself. These altars are open at any time you'd like to come down here and do business with God. You won't bother me. You won't hurt me. You won't interfere with me uh, at all. I want you to look at the, the book of Mark, chapter 15. And I want you to look briefly and quickly, and I'll take my seat, at verses 20 and 21. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple from him and put his own clothes on him and led him out to crucify him. Verse 21, and they compelled one Simon, a Cyrenian, who passed by coming out of the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, keep that in mind, to bear his cross. Look at verse 21, and they compelled, that word means they issued an edict They told him he had to do it. He didn't have any choice. They compelled one Simon, a Cyrenian. That means he was from a black culture. He was a black complected man. The Bible goes on to say he was a Cyrenian who passed by coming out of the country. This man was out of the wilderness or out of the country, out of the city in his lifestyle and in his moderation, the father of Alexander and Rufus to bear his cross. I want you to get this in your mind. Here's the premise of what I'll preach for just a few minutes. Rufus or or, or, uh, Simon the Cyrenian is coming out of the country where he lives probably. He's coming to the crucifixion because everybody went to one. If there was a crucifixion, it was, it was like the world's fair. If there was a crucifixion, it was like everybody has issued uh, a notice and everybody shows up for it because of the magnitude of what goes on there. And the place is pouring with people. The place is absolutely full of people. Here comes Simon, the Cyrenian, and all of a sudden... He is summoned by edict. He is forced uh, by compulsion. They compelled him, and that's what that word means. They compulsionized, or he was compelled to take this cross with Jesus, not from him, but he was compelled to get underneath this cross and help bring this man or this, this Nazarene to Golgotha. Now, I want you to think with that framework in mind, what has this got to do with us? What has this got to do with anything to do with us? What has it got to do with this church? What has it got to do with this membership? A man's coming out of the country. He seems to be a black-complected man. All of a sudden, a bunch of people tell him, you're going to help him. They throw him under the bus, so to speak, and he is there to help in the, in the, the weightiness of this cross. Now, I want you to see several things real quickly. Just just comment on them and move on. First of all, this is not fair to this man. This is not a fair process. This cross is not his. This cross is not his family's. This man has done nothing to bear the cross far And this man is unfairly and unduly challenged and compelled to be a part of a situation that he did not deserve. Which leads me to say these crosses, or this cross especially, was not fair. 
It was not fair to Simon. He's just moving with the crowd. He's just moving out of the country. He's just moving in succession. He's just there to, uh, to see what's going on. He's just there to visualize the situation. Isn't life just like that? You're walking along, minding your own business, and before you know it, you're kicked to the curb, you're thrown under the bus, or something crazy happens that hadn't got a thing in the world to do with you being responsible. A woman walks into her husband. This, this happened a couple of weeks ago to a preacher friend of mine in the state of North Carolina. He, he was preaching in a meeting during the daytime, going back and forth to these meetings. And he came home on the second or third morning only to find his wife sitting at the kitchen table drinking a cup of coffee and asked him to sit down. And she said, I'm going to drink this cup of coffee and I'm leaving. These folks have been married over 25 years. She said, I'm leaving. She said, I'm not coming back. I'm not going to live under this pressure. I'm not going to keep doing this. I'm done. The preacher friend said his knees got so weak he had to sit. He said, I thought I was going to throw up my breakfast. He said, for the first time in my life, he said, I saw the unfairness of the situation. He said, I said, what had been going on? I have been doing my best. I had been doing, and this has been a few weeks old. He said, I gave it everything. There is no reasoning behind this. It's either God or her. I can't stay with him if I stay with her. That's unfair. But life does not give you fairness. Life gives you life. And if you're expecting it to be fair, just remember this. If you fairly got what you deserved, you'd go to hell. But because mercy exists, you get to go to heaven and not hell because of the grace of God and the mercy of God. The first thing I see in this Simon the Cyrenian as he was passing by and thrown under the bus, the first thing I see is that life is unfair. Life is very unfair. You will find your pink slip and someone else who hadn't been there as long as you have don't get theirs. You'll find somebody getting free. I've always wondered how it is somebody can abort a child and then abort another child and abort Three. And there's ten women in this congregation that can't even have one. When we have Mother's Day here, I cringe. Because the mothers that want to be and can't be, and should be, as far as I'm concerned, loving, compassionate, tender, would make great mamas. Can't be one. 
and one will abort three? We've had people two and three abortions. Unfair. But good people have bad things happen to them, but a good God will not let the bad thing usurp authority over God's presence. Give him praise and glory if you believe that. Sometimes you'll be thrown under the bus, but I promise you this, you won't be run over by the bus. God will see to it. Let me ask you something. Are you in an unfair situation? I could preach on that all day, but I'm not going to. Unfair. I want you to name it in your heart right now. I want you to tell yourself what that thing is. He left me for someone younger and we're barely scraping by. I got the cancer while a drunk drug addict is healthy. I have done everything from church to Jesus while heathens on my street do better financially than I do. Let me say something to you. Life is not fair, but God in his mercy and grace makes up for it all if we'll let him in our unfair situation and watch him work. Somebody give the Lord praise. You know what bothers me as much as being treated unfairly? is watching some of you go through unfair circumstances. Especially when they're mine. Especially when they're yours. Seeing people, knowing what I know about this congregation this morning, up and down, side to side. I know way too much about the people and their difficulties and their heartaches and their text messages and their phone calls and their emails and their letters. But I come this morning to tell you, life may not treat you fairly, but God will treat you better if you'll just get him involved in your unfair situation. (laughs) Preach it, preacher. I think I will. Go ahead. Number two, these crosses are not forgotten. These crosses are not fair. Some of you are bearing a cross this morning that you did not deserve. Somebody, just like here, put you in it. Somebody shoved you in it. You can't do a thing in the world about your, I have two grandsons over here that their mother's raising them and doing a good job and I appreciate her and love her. And these two boys are sitting right over here and they, they live every day with a pawpaw that loves them to death away from their father. He's in when he can be and, and out, in and out, stepping in, stepping out. It bothers me that it bothers them. And I want them to know that I love you and I believe in you and I'm for you and I spend way too much money on you. You owe me. Do you notice how my preaching gets vindictive the more? And I just want to come down there and just pinch your little head off. But they, li- they, li- they didn't have it. Now, now let, me, let me give you a little therapy. 
Listen to me. You didn't have anything to do. I was there when that happened. I was in the court. I, I was her lawyer. I stood for her and argued the case by permission. I was there. Nothing you did, not either one of you, nothing you did caused that situation. You were treated unfairly. Not necessarily by one parent, and I don't want her to feel bad, but you were treated, you were thrown under the bus to disagreement. But you have, I'll be back. But you have made me proud You have made me appreciative. You have made me glad. You have made me happy over the fact that you have lived by my values and God's and your mother's and your daddy's. And I'm glad you're not bitter. And I'm glad you're not mad. Because Jesus can't work with a bitter kid like he can one that gets better instead of bitter. Amen. I didn't come to do that, but I love you. Give me some sugar, my man. Amen. Come here, boy. Hallelujah. It's unfair. Unfair. But he's not forgotten. Look at this verse. Then delivered he him them uh, he up unto them to be crucified. They took Jesus and led him away. And he bearing his cross went forth unto a place called the, the place of the skull, which is called in the Hebrew Galgotha. I, want you, I read that to, to tell you this. Nowhere in the Bible can you pull Jesus out from under that cross. Nowhere. I done tried. I went through it Greek. I went through it Arabic. I went through it commentary. He never got out from under the cross and Simon took it. But Simon was put in it with him. He was put in the cross with him. Therefore, Jesus bears the cross with Simon and Simon bears it with Jesus. Reckon what them two said when they met in glory. Jesus died before him. I know that because he died that day. And Simon the Cyrenian went on back to the country. But reckon what Jesus told him when he arrived home. Because if Jesus remembered anything, he remembered the weight of the crucifixion. Maybe this morning, God's got you in a cross with him. Miss Evelyn, a pacemaker replaced or a battery replaced and the cutting and the stitching like you have this morning can be signified a cross to bear. But aren't you glad Jesus is in it with you? Amen. I'm glad nothing that goes, comes my way is it comes my way until it's filtered and censored through the eyes of God. Nothing. I'm feeling like a preacher right now. I'm feeling, can I preach it just a minute? Like I feel, I show I'm glad that nothing 
ever comes my way that God doesn't sanction it before it gets to me. Satan can't throw nothing on me that God don't inspect. Satan can't throw anything at me that God does not vindicate and validate. Hey, church, why don't you just take 30 seconds and bless him and praise him that every cross, every cross, every cross you've ever been in, you've never been in one by yourself. Give him praise in the house of God. Cancer, leukemia, hurt, heartache, divorce, child abuse, all of it. I'm glad if you're in that cross with Jesus, he's in that cross with you. Are you in it this morning feeling lonesome? Are you feeling like, God, where are you? Sometimes you will. But that broken marriage, that broken relationship, that broken financial surge, that broken heartache, that broken place in your life this morning, let me say something to you. God knows all about it. And God is in your cross with you. Say amen right there. Number three, these crosses are not forever. Now it's going downhill from here. These crosses are not forever. Nothing is forever except forever. Whatever you're going through this morning, I want to give you courage. God's going to work it out. She left. But the last chapter hadn't been written on the trip. You're broke. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. You're having heartache. Let me say this. A heart that has Jesus in it may ache, but not forever. God, I feel like a Baptist preacher this morning. Can I give somebody a holler amen and give the Lord glory? It's not going to be forever. Not forever. Hey, hey. This too shall pass. Glory. Little bit of whiskey. Make a man jump when he ain't supposed to. It's not forever. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I'm going to ask you to raise your voice. Why don't you tell God this morning, thank you for the brevity of this situation because it ain't going to last forever. When your mother died, the sorrow, remember? Oh, God. The sorrow, the hurt, the heartache. Remember when, when you girls went through it way, way worse than anybody else? And I was there when you were screaming, remember? And you said, can he bring her up? He did others. Why can't he bring her up? And he's screaming. And I was holding it, and you was running into the wall and beating it. And Becky was going nuts, and Steve was losing his mind. Remember? It's not that way this morning. Because it ain't forever. <laughs> This too will pass. This too will pass. Stand up, stand up, and tell me, preacher, this too will pass. Give God glory. 
out forever. It's not going to last forever. You can have a seat. Look at the last one. You thought we was going home. I see it in your eyes. Here's the last one we are. This cross is not fruitless. Not one thing that we go through is for nothing. Not one thing we go through is solitary. Not as a Christian. We have the Holy Spirit and the presence of the Lord Jesus and God the Father on our triune team that we play on. Someone watched this. Someone heard about this. And you'll find that someone in Romans 16, 13. Notice what it says. Salute Rufus. Who is Rufus? He is mentioned in Mark when it said, Simon the Cyrenian and Alexander of Alexander and Rufus, Simon's son. I don't know how old Rufus was when, he, when his dad was thrown under the bus. But I know here, salute Rufus. He stayed with God. He walked with God. He stayed with God. Salute Rufus. Chosen in the Lord and his mother and mine. Whatever these boys have watched me go through some unfair places. They've watched me go through some unpleasant places. They've saw me go through some difficulties. And all I care about is not that it gets easy. I want to tell both of you something. I care one thing. I want when, when, when my funeral service is held and, or when my life is over and it's all done, I want you to be able to have at least an example that you can follow and you can say, to God be the glory, what would Pawpaw do in this situation? Would Pawpaw marry her? Would Pawpaw do this? Would Pawpaw work here? Would Pawpaw play the drums there? Would, 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 would Pawpaw shoot basketball with these people? Or would he, what would Pawpaw do? Salute Rufus. Oh, Rufus was there when Simon carried the cross. And guess who's watching you carry yours? 18, 19. You raised this boy, and everything in him came out of you. 17, 16. You raised this girl. Everything that's in her come out of you. And that little thing the Lord took to heaven a few months ago. I hope we can all say, salute Desiree when you're gone. I hope who you are and who I I hope every one of these kids can look and say, I remember when Brother Brown was the pastor here. And I remember when he prayed for me and I was saved. I remember. And I want to say to God be the glory for the memory. It's not what you go through. It's how you go through what God chose for you. Amen. Can I... Can I ask some people this morning who are facing some unexpected situations? I didn't know she was pregnant. I didn't know he was gay. I didn't know. I didn't know. 
What you don't know about life could fill volumes. But what you do can fill you. What you know about Jesus can take you through what you're going through if you'll let him do it to the glory of God. Father, in Jesus' name, work in our lives this morning. The preaching's done. It's over. And I pray right now in Jesus' name you'll touch, encourage, and strengthen people's hearts. Help us to deal with these unfair situations, unexpected crosses, things that come our way that we didn't know. We couldn't help it. We'd done all we knew to do. We laid it all out. We had everything done right. What happened, Lord? We don't know. We just cast ourselves on the mercy of God and ask you, Lord, to help these unfair situations. Help these things that are not forgotten. Touch these things that are not forever and help us get through them. And touch us, Lord, I pray, in the fruit of our labors and may people see us go through our trouble and want the same God that we have to help them through theirs. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's all stand. How many of you would come stand around the altar for prayer and say, Preacher, I'm going through it right now. I don't understand it. I don't know what to do about it. I'm just in the fog. All I can say is that I don't even know what to say. I'm just going to come and call out on God. You come on. Come on. Come on. From the right to the left, the center, the top, come on. In Jesus' name, let the Holy Spirit of God touch your life. You come on right now. I'm going to pray a special prayer for anybody who comes, and we're going to be done. It'll be finished. It'll be over. That's it. Come on. Come on. God bless you. Maybe somebody's down here that you know and love and you want to come pray with them. You help yourself. I'm in a situation, preacher, I don't know, I don't know what to do. I just don't know how to operate in it. Come on, soldier. Come on, soldierette. God bless you. Let the Holy Spirit of God touch you and help you and encourage you this morning. Lord, now touch lost people. Touch Christians all over this building according to the context of what we studied. According to the preached word of God, I pray that you'll apply it and that you'll take care of us this morning and you'll take care of our people. Oh, Holy Ghost, unfair crosses, thrown under the bus, feeling abandoned and hurt, startled, alone. Oh God, have mercy on us this morning. We'll bless you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You you go to your seat as you feel led of the Lord. Stay as long as you want to. If you want to stay and help me pray for lost people, I would encourage it with all my heart. If you're here this morning and you've never trusted Jesus Christ, we don't want you to go home the same way you came. We don't want to see your life unaltered. We don't want to see you or hear of you staying or being lost. 
here in this congregation. Come to Christ. Trust Him. Preacher, I don't know how to. I can help you. Who better to help you than somebody who's trusted Him? I'll help you. I'll encourage you. God's given me that privilege. God's given me that duty and that job. Let me help you. If you will pray with me and just mean what you say, I will lead you to Christ. I will lead you in a prayer that will take you to the throne room. All you have to do is be sincere. My words can't do it. My commitment can't become yours. My salvation is mine only. Would you pray this and mean it? Jesus, heads about, eyes are closed. No moving. Jesus, pray it with me, son. Soldier, mission man, pray it with me. Jesus, I'm a sinner. Oh, God, I've sinned against you. Against the Word. Against the Holy Spirit. Against Christ the Savior. I've sinned against myself. Please forgive me. Wash me in the blood of Calvary and save me because of the cross. Not me. Not me. But thee. I ask you to come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and save me this morning for Jesus' sake. If you prayed that prayer, your head bowed, your eyes closed. I want to know about it because I've preached till I'm sopping wet. And not to know that it was for you would just be an absolute error. So I want you to do something for me. Nobody's going to come to you. Nobody's going to hurt your feelings. Nobody's going to drag you up and throw you under the bus. I want you, if you prayed that prayer with me and meant it with your heart, as best you can tell this morning, you're as serious as you can get. I want you to slip your hand way up in the air until I acknowledge it and put it right back down. Slip it up high. Way up in the air. Where at? I see one, two, three, four soldiers. God bless you. Thank God for you. Who else? I see one over here. God bless you. You can put it down. Thank you for being honest. I love you, man. I'm glad you're here. Who else would slip it up? Way up in the air. I seen four, five, six, six hands this morning. Who else would slip it up over on this side and say by doing so, I take Jesus this morning into my heart and into my life. Anybody else? Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for these that said, I take Christ. Now through the power of the Holy Spirit, I ask you to work. I ask you to continue. I ask you to conclude this invitation by your spirit and your spirit only. In Jesus' name, amen. I want Peggy to come back over here and sing that song again. Listen to me. You folks that are here this morning that just raised your hand, I want to give you a proposition that you cannot afford to neglect. I'm going to give you this little book. This little book says, now that I'm saved, now that I'm born again, now that I've been converted. It tells you eight or nine, ten things in this book that you ought to do after you get saved. You need this. I'm going to give you one free, absolutely free for just walking the aisle 
let me or one of these altar workers pray with you and give you a copy of this book so you can go back to your seat. Would you do that? Please do. While they sing, the great I am still is. I want you to come and let this be the invitation where you walk for God and say, I take the great I am as my Savior. Maybe you're here this morning and you want to join this fellowship and you know this is where God wants you to be a member. Come, step to the nearest eye. We'll help you.